The Rural Health Voice, Episode 5, Local Concerns, Federal Policy. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. How do the concerns of people on the ground turn into federal law? Join my conversation with Alan Morgan, Chief Executive Officer of the National Rural Health Association, to discuss how policy decisions filter up from local communities. Hello, Alan. Hey, Beth. Well, thanks for joining me today. Looking on your website, NRHA's mission is to provide leadership on rural health issues through advocacy, communications, education, research. How does that play out on a day-to-day basis? Oh, sure. Sometimes the mission isn't always clear on what the organization does. Um, Ours does a good job, but uh, just to state it a little more clearly for your listeners, um, what we do is we identify best practices that are working out in rural communities across the United States to deliver high-quality healthcare services. We identify those, we communicate those to our members through our conferences or webinars and through electronic communications in the hopes that these best practices can be replicated across the U.S. Now, what we're also known for is identifying what are the obstacles and barriers that keep people from implementing these best practices. When that comes up, then our association identifies the policies that need to be changed or altered to make sure that we get where we want to be um, as, as a country towards delivering these high-quality services. Now, this podcast, as you well know, um, was got its start through a mini-grant from NRHA, and we very much appreciate that. What are some of the other things NRHA does to support the state rural health associations across the country? Oh, sure. I think what we do actually falls into two two buckets. First, the operational side, and then two, the policy side, which obviously is the more entertaining, fun side of things. On an operational side, just as you indicated, in a partnership with the Federal Office of Rural Health Policy, we provide operational grants, which helps the state associations fund the activities that they want to do during the course of the year. We also conduct um, ongoing uh, conference calls, which brings together the leadership of all 42 state rural health associations on a regular basis to talk about best practices. And then finally, we provide a, um, a leadership conference that we, we conduct once a year to bring together the leadership from all these state rural health associations. Again, to try to identify what works, what are the best practices, and how can they meet the needs of their members. Now, what I enjoy is the collaboration we have on the policy end. Obviously, as a national organization, we just don't have the staffing to drop down into each of the states and monitor closely what's happening on a policy sense. And that's where the state rural health associations can identify um, what's happening in their state, what's the pending legislative and regulatory issues that are happening. And as an organization, we can help them identify national trends. So they're able to provide the state-level content. And then for us, we have a full team of lobbyists here in Washington, D.C. that can work with Congress on a daily basis. So we're able to provide the federal angle on it. So 
It really is a win-win situation between the state rural health associations and the national entity working together to make sure that we know exactly what's happening when it comes to rural communities and rural policy and areas where we need to work together. So in those areas where you need to work together, you talked about you know working with Congress on a day-to-day basis. Do you feel that the average person working in a hospital or clinic in rural America understands how the decisions make made in Washington, D.C. affects what they do in their communities? What a great question. I, you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions in the past. I got to tell you, I, I come down on the side of thinking that, yes, they do. And I only say that because... Uh, One of the great assets of the National Rural Health Association is when we send out a grassroots action alert to contact your member of Congress. Our members do exactly that. And after almost 30 years in Washington, D.C., dealing with health policy and health legislation, I don't have the data, Beth, but I really believe that rural practitioners and rural residents are more inclined to get involved in grassroots uh, efforts because they do know the direct impact that it has on them. Um, It doesn't always seem that way, and I know we hear a lot of times when we're out in the field, oh, what I do doesn't matter. But I got to tell you, just from an active membership standpoint, uh, they really demonstrate that they, they, they get it, um, they're engaged, and they know how powerful their individual voice can be in this. You mentioned the many years you've been working on policy issues in D.C. Um, yourself and the other NRHA staff that are on the policy side, you, of course, work, work in D.C. right, right there, um, you know, where the action's happening. But sometimes I think D.C. can be a little bit of a, a bubble, a little bit isolated. How do you make sure that you stay in touch with ha- what happens in those local communities at the grassroots level? <laughs> I can assure you this this is actually a bubble that we work in. Um, there's unfortunately not a lot of translation between what's happening here in D.C. and, and out in, in rural America and real America. For us, um, I well, it's helpful and it's um, easy to keep in contact with what's happening in rural communities when your entire board of trustees and all your committees are comprised of people living and working in rural America. So next week, we're going to be out in Kansas City uh, for our annual board conference and uh, 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 conference planning committees. And um, my board of trustees, they they live and work in rural. And so they do a really good job of keeping us attuned to the issues that are actually impacting rural America. And, of course, it's the ongoing discussions we have with the state associations going back to that as well, too. They do a very good job of keeping us tuned into what are the key issues impacting their membership. And you mentioned the committees. What are some of the, the different committees? What kind of work do they do to, to help make those connections between local and federal? Oh, sure. Um, I know that you just say the word committee and people's eyes start to glaze over, but from a membership organization, it really is the lifeblood that keeps the, the entire organization running forward. For us, um, the most important one is our policy congress. This sets the 
policies and positions of the organization. Um, it's really a front line of what's happening out there and what are the barriers towards accessing high-quality healthcare services. The Policy Congress, that's the overall policy. And then we have a government affairs committee that works directly with our in-house lobbyists on determining, okay, what are the pieces of legislation we need to support? What do we need to make sure that we're educating our members of Congress about? And what are the regulations that need to be changed, whether it's uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services or Food and Drug Administration or, or any of those? Those are the two main ones, but um, you can't do very you can't get very far ahead in an association with also having a without also having a strong conference planning committee, a membership committee, and a finance committee as well too, making sure that you you have the resources necessary to carry out a lot of the great programs that you want to do as an organization. With the policy Congress developing policies that address some of the barriers, you know, I, there's lots of different barriers in different areas in, in rural communities. What are your biggest concerns with those barriers for the future of, of health and healthcare in rural communities? Oh, sure. Wow. Uh, where do you begin on these? I, uh, let's start with workforce shortages, which everyone knows about. And that's not just with the physician in, but really um, the entire gambit of healthcare workers and providers that work inside rural health clinics, rural community health centers, and rural hospitals, just the general shortage that we have out there. Um, the opioid crisis, which is well-documented, it's in the media that's um, uh, facing rural America now. Um, and you have to take that under the context of the much larger um, uh, 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 substance abuse issues that are uh, facing rural America I think everyone's uh, heard on the media about the uh, rural hospital closure crisis that we're currently facing. That's the issue of how do we maintain access to 24-7 emergency room services within 30 minutes of where you live, so very, very important. Um, all of these issues, whether it's um, the, the uh, opioid crisis, substance abuse, I didn't mention behavioral health shortage, oral health shortage, all these things combined together to really um, detail what I think everyone needs to be focused in on. And that is the declining life expectancies that we're seeing in rural America. Um, so for, since 1990, we've seen increasing life expectancies in urban populations and a corresponding decrease in life expectancy in rural America. That's really what we need to focus in on, and, and that's the really – a lot of the discussions we're having internally and at our conferences now all center around how do we deal with those healthcare disparities to make rural America a sustainable, healthy uh, environment as we move forward. So with the concept of a healthy environment, you know, one of the things that the Virginia Rural Health Association has been trying to put more emphasis on is the concept that in, especially in our rural communities, the responsibility for health and health care isn't just doctors and nurses and hospitals and clinics. It's the whole community. Uh, is, is NRHA doing anything to engage people outside of just the healthcare arena? Right, right. I think that is absolutely to the point. Um, and Robert Wood Johnson does a good job of it in their campaign focusing in on 
creating a culture of health. And we really need to do that. Um, as you indicated, you've got to work outside your sector. So um, I think in the healthcare sector, we're all comfortable talking you know, with, with clinicians and hospital administrators. But like you said, we really need to reach outside of that if we're going to make a, a real improvement. And I'm talking about um, collaborating with Farm Bureau, Farmers Union, uh, the rural co-ops, the rural um, electrical co-ops on that, um, small business. All of, all of these different sectors have a role to play when, it, when you talk about actually bending the needle or moving the needle and bending the curve on the health status in these rural communities. And that's what we try to do at a federal level, working with other national organizations, but you know, this really has to begin at the community level. And it's with taking a leadership role and responsibility in the community to make sure that you're addressing the needs of that particular population. So what suggestions do you have for people who are concerned about rural health issues? What, what actions can they take? Oh, yeah. So, well, this is easy. To, this is an easy question to field. Um, the people at, at, at not just at a federal level, but also at the state house in Richmond, um, you, I can't even begin to imagine how many meetings they have in their office each day um, with different sectors, and they begin to blend together after a while. Um, the easiest thing to do to have the greatest impact is to know when that um, elected official or policymaker is going to be in your hometown. And take the opportunity to invite them to your business. Um, so let, the, let them see firsthand what you're engaged with and to get a visual on what it means for that community. I can't stress enough um, how easy that is to do and what a lasting impression that makes. That, that allows your showing of how healthcare is delivered, the opportunities and the challenges to be seen firsthand, and that can come back um, and pay dividends throughout the entire year as that policymaker begins to think about, if I support this or if I oppose this, what's it going to mean at that local level? Just so very, it's such a powerful um, action to take. Seeing is believing. Absolutely. If you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? <laughs> well, that's open-ended. Um, well, uh, probably the easiest thing is, is the most complicated um, to make happen, and that is um, it, two things have to happen. One, um, as I mentioned, you, we have to move towards creating a culture of health within our rural communities. And two, we've got to find a way to, to give everyone in the community access to, to tools that allow them to take control of their own health. Now, let me try to make that a little bit clear. Um, we've, we've got to change the mentality of how we view our health care. Um, we've got to take ownership in our health care. And we've got to be able to, to allow people to um, track what exercise they're doing, uh, what food they're eating, um, what are their, uh, uh, what's their heart rate, are they getting enough sleep, all these type of things that, that can come with emerging technology. But it's also going to take the transformation of how we deliver health care. Instead of treating people when they're sick, we have to find a way to, to pay and enable providers to be partners with their community in keeping them healthy in the first place. 
again, this sounds so easy, but it involves payment, it involves regulation, it involves leadership, it involves an entirely different way of looking how we access health and how we maintain health within rural America. So um, a very easy question or answer, but a very complicated uh, path forward. And traditionally, the United States healthcare system hasn't been very proactive in terms of taking care of people's health. Oh, not at all. Uh, The system is just set up so that we we take care of people once they're sick. Uh, we, we, we treat you once you have a problem. And changing that entire mentality to be able to provide services, resources, and expertise to keep people healthy in the first place, well, that takes an entirely different healthcare system than what we have currently today. And do you see us shifting that direction with the creation of things like accountable care organizations? You know, I do, Beth. I really do. I, uh, there are so many bad things and challenges and obstacles uh, when it comes to rural health, and we, we tend to focus on that uh, probably a little too much, I think. Um, you know this, Beth. I, this is just a great time to be involved in rural health care. There's more innovation and really creative new models of care that are happening out there today than have have been the case for the last 20 years. And I do think that you're seeing a lot of alignment now, especially in rural communities, about uh, how do you harness relationships, how do you network, and how do you innovate to make this change happen. So I I don't know about you, but I'm really optimistic about where rural is and their potential going ahead. Terrific. Well, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Beth. I enjoyed the conversation. And that's Alan Morgan reminding you about the importance of engaging elected officials to reduce the barriers to improve health in rural America. Make sure you give your members of Congress and state legislative body the opportunity to see issues firsthand. If you want to hear more from Alan and ask him questions of your own, join us at the 2018 Virginia Rural Collaborators Conference. Visit vrha.org and click the Events tab for details. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.